May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I have a pastor friend who has sad. Not who is sad, but who has sad. Do you know what that is? Seasonal affective disorder. Now, I'm not a doctor or anything, so this isn't like any official definition, but seasonal affective disorder is basically when, when people are, are in gloomy, dark, dreary, you know, when it's day after day of gray, and, and that just kind of extends out, and, and it has an effect on their mood, a, a depression of sorts sets in. There, there's something to do with vitamin D and sunlight and how that all works together in, in their body. In fact, one of the treatments for sad is, is a lamp. You get this lamp and you sit in front of it and it's supposed to kind of uh, 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 replicate some of the activity of the sun. I mean, if you want, you can actually order your own sad lamp on Amazon. There's a whole bunch of options. So my friend who, who, who deals with this, when during the winter, his mood can sometimes struggle a bit. And he's a pastor in the upper Midwest where the winter tends to, to drag on a little bit. So a while back I was talking to him on the phone during the winter when he was holding a call to Florida. A congregation in Florida had called him to be pastor there and I thought that would be really cool because then he'd be in our district, I'd see him at conference and stuff. So in that conversation I might have mentioned the nickname of Florida a time or two, you know, the, the sunshine state, but... but uh, he was wise enough to realize that there are more important things than seeing me or, or even sunshine. You know, he, he uh, considered the, the important things when considering a call. And, and he decided that his gifts were a better fit where he was currently serving. So he, he returned that call. Total tangent, if you want to think about, talk about, learn about how that whole divine call process works, Bible study today and next week is going to be on that topic. So 915, stick around. Anyway, back to my friend. He didn't move to Florida, so he'll just have to find other ways to, to get his light. Because light is essential, right? I mean, it, it, it is vital, and not just for sad. It, it, it's essential for, for sight, for photosynthesis, for vitamin D, for, for activity, for life. Today in our text we hear what we just sang. Christ is this world's light. You know, throughout this season of Lent, we've been talking about our greatest needs. Light would definitely have to make that list. And Christ is this world's light. If you notice at the end of our text, that last verse, you have that promise. Christ will shine on you. So, so we'll take that for our theme today. Christ shines on you. Our text starts reminding us what we were. He says, you were once darkness. And, and actually, the verses leading up to our text had really been expanding that picture, where Paul went through and he gave the list of the deeds of darkness, you know, sexual immorality and, 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 and uh, obscene talk and foolish talk and gossip and, and, and greed and, and those things that he said make one unfit for God's kingdom of light. And he said, that's, that's the stuff that you were all about. But now he says, stay away from that stuff. Because now you are light in the Lord. 
Think about that. It's not just that Christ shines on you and enlightens you. It's that he actually makes you a light. Did did you catch that? Look at verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. So what does that mean? You are light. Maybe think of it this way. In, in any given situation, there's, there's really only two things that you can be. You can either be contributing to the light of a situation, or you can be contributing to its darkness. Right? Sin, disobedience to God, apathy toward God, giving the impression of apathy toward God, those things are all darkness. But the light, look at how Paul describes that, verse 8. The fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. It means, verse 9, testing what pleases the Lord. Checking everything against what God wants. And verse 10, having nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Christ shines on you. That means that things are exposed. That things can be seen. Is that good? Think about it. Imagine a giant spotlight enlightening every moment of your teenage years. How would that have gone? Or even now, would you want your internet browsing history printed out and distributed for all to see? Or how about your texts? Or your emails? Or your, your snaps? About anyone. I mean, there was that coach this year who lost his job when his private emails became public because he had said some not-so-nice things about some people. There's the other guy whose texts were made known, and he got in some hot, hot water. Can you imagine if anyone and everyone could see everything you've ever said about them or thought about them? I think it's safe to say there are probably some things that we would rather not have exposed. Even, even we Christians who, who live in the light, you probably have something you're hiding that, that you don't want someone to know that you're not proud of. Those secrets that, well, tear apart relationships. There's a lot that we probably want to hide. And now we read, Christ shines on you. What does that mean? Well, it means he makes us deal with it. When there is something that we are hiding that we think that no one knows and we do our best to keep it so that no one knows, we think we can keep getting away with it. But, but Christ shines on us when it's found out It has to be dealt with. That's part of the reason you come here, isn't it? Here, the spotlight of God's law exposes what we try to hide. And I pray it makes us confess it to God. I mean, that's, that's why we start the service the way we do every week, right? We confess our sins to God so that we can deal with them and hear what God has done about them. Rather than letting us continue to hide, Christ shines on us. He exposes us, but, but he doesn't do it to, you know, to, to point out our bad so that he somehow feels better 
in, in comparison with how bad we are. He, his law doesn't expose us because he hates us. It exposes our sin because he hates sin and the danger that it poses. He shines on us so that we can see the danger. Think of it like a flashlight when you're out camping and you hear that noise. The light exposes the danger so that you can avoid it, so that you can know how, how, how to get away from that. Whether that's your entertainment options or your pattern of gossip, whether it's acts of lust or greed, whatever it is, Christ shines on you. Now look at verse 13. <clears throat> but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. The first part makes sense, right? When you shine a light on something, you can see it. But here, when, when Christ shines on us, he actually makes us light. With all of the darkness we just talked about, he makes us light. How? Well, because he took our darkness. Remember when the sun went black for those three hours on Good Friday as our Savior hung on the cross? He took our darkness. He died in the darkness so that we could live in the light. And think about what happened there at the cross. Remember a minute ago we talked about some of the problems that can come when we try to hide things? <clears throat> Imagine this. Imagine a husband has failed his wife and he does not want her to find out. And he's doing everything he can to prevent her from finding out. Maybe, maybe he lost his job. And so he leaves every day like he's going to work, but he's trying to find another job so, so that when he breaks it to her, he, he, he's fixed it, right? Maybe he was unfaithful. Maybe he, he made some bad financial decisions and lost all their money. And he's doing all he can to fix it, but also so that she doesn't find out because he's scared. What happens if she knows? What will she say? What will she do? He might lose her. And day after day, he is going through this, doing his best to hide it, doing his best to fix it. But then one day, it's found out. And now imagine this. She forgives him. She really, truly forgives him. She speaks tenderly to him. She feels sorry for him for what he's been going through. She, she loves him. Think about how he feels. That love, that, that forgiveness, that relationship restored. Can you imagine the sense of relief and release that he is going through now that it is finally out in the open and it is done. It's finished. Now, think about what happened at that cross. All of our sins that we try to hide, they were exposed. They are exposed out in the open for all to see when Jesus carried them to his crucifixion. And there, our sins named Jesus, right? He became sin for us. Our sins were hung on that cross and, and, and put out in front of everybody so that he could pay for them, so that he could forgive them. And, and it wasn't just words, right? I mean, he paid the ultimate price. 
to actually, really forgive our sins. Can you feel that sense of relief and release knowing that they are out there and they're dealt with? It's finished. He took our darkness so that we honestly have nothing to hide. There is nothing between us and God, nothing that hasn't already been exposed and paid for. So Christ shining on us, even with all of our sin, Christ shining on us is beautiful. It brings that relief and release. It brings a renewed relationship. In fact, he says, it makes us light. So live in that light, he says. And in so doing, you're shining the light. And you're exposing the the deeds of darkness in those around you so that they can see. So as they see the, the fruit of your light, the way you demonstrate your faith, it demonstrates their darkness in contrast. Right? When, when you refuse to gossip or use foul language, they notice. When you make your entertainment decisions based on what will give glory to God, they, they can tell. When you naturally show love and, and forgiveness, well, they feel that. When you live in hope and peace because you know that God's working all things for your good, it brightens their world. And it's interesting, when you, when you look at the imperatives in this section, there's a lot of, you know, do commands, right? Do this, right? Uh, live as children of light. Don't associate with deeds of darkness. Bring things to light. It's interesting, those are all plurals. Paul is telling us all to do these things, to shine this light. And when we work together, when we shine together, our, our light increases like working together on this food drive that we're doing this week, or, or our Easter for kids, or, or the, Christ, the, the Easter celebration uh, that we put on for our community. Those things that we could not do individually. When, when we all are working together shining the light, our candle power increases. So I'm glad you're here today, because as we worship together, we are shining his light. But remember, it's, it's his light. All of this is Christ shining on us, empowering us to be the lights he has made us. So I'm glad you're here. As, as you spend time, more and more time, being enlightened by him, your light becomes that much brighter. Here in his word, he enlightens you. In the Lord's Supper, he connects you to, to your power source. Even as we close our service today, Christ will send you out with his light to be lights. Think about, think about the closing blessing that we use, the one that, that God gave to Aaron to, to speak to his people, what, 4,000 years ago when he was high priest? This blessing that Christians, that God's people have been using ever since. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. God sends you with his light. Because it's true, our whole world is suffering from sad. Sin-affected disorder. 
And here you are, more convenient even than Amazon for the people in your life. That light that cures that sad, that shines the love of Jesus, that lightens, that brightens their world. So may God bless you as you shine your light. Because Christ shines on you, in him. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed printed on page 12 in the bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets, We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we take this opportunity to give our gifts of thanks and praise to God in the form of our offering. As the offering is gathered, please do fill out the friendship registers that are being handed down the aisle. As you put your information in there, it better allows us to do what God has called us together to do. Encourage one another on toward love and good deeds.